Hey everybody, welcome back to the Community Christian Church podcast here to coming to you every week now. Every week. Ed and uh, Nathan are with me. How you guys doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. Are you good, good. Jason? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling much better than I felt yeah. on Sunday. Okay. Your cold's better? It is better. I, I got a little tea here I'm sipping on just to keep the throat going, and but I feel way better. I shouldn't be hacking up a lung like I was on Sunday. Is there a particular kind of tea that you use? This happens to be green tea. Mm. Very good. But... That's what I drink. All right. <laughs> and I'm not being highbrow or anything. That's just what I'm drinking. That's what he, that's what I don't, I don't know whether it's highbrow or not. I don't either. I don't it, it's good. I like it. So What I it. know is in Rootville, growing up, you did not drink green tea. No. <laughs> no. We, we didn't drink. It well, was, we drank tea, but it, it was sweet. It was, it was about half tea, half sugar. Yeah. yeah. That was how that was. Yep. So, can't do that no more. Mm -mm. I'm too old for that. All right. <laughs> Well, if you haven't done so already and uh, you're uh, joining in on YouTube, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button, ring that bell, and get those notifications every single time as we post this podcast and clips from this podcast of hopefully good small bite-sized things that we say. Things. There will be things, things posted. Good things. <laughs> and, uh, of course, on all your podcast apps, uh, subscribe and do all that good stuff. And don't forget... Uh, questions, send us questions. The link to send us questions is in the description. And you guys are always sending us questions. We got more today, guys. Oh, no, good. good. We have good more news. questions. Good news. And yes. uh, we're going to get to those in just a minute. Uh, so make sure you send That could it. mean that we're doing such a poor job. They're thinking, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. Let me ask you another yeah. question. Follow they're just follow-up <laughs> questions <laughs> to all the confusion that we cause every week. And uh, we're going to go a little out of order today. We're going to get to the questions later. All right. Get it all twisty. For those yeah. of you that actually knew that this was not the right order. Right. Yeah. We have an order. <laughs> we do have an order. We do have an order. <laughs> On this piece of paper. Jason has an order. Is that right here. Jason is orderly. Right here, well, buddy. Jason, us Jason is orderly. <laughs> if, yes, I am that. Compared to those two guys. Yeah, well, that's true. Way orderly. So, yes. so let's start by talking about Sunday. All right, well, and since you you uh, were preaching Sunday, I'm going to take the wheel. Look out. I got the paper Nathan, now. take the wheel. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So, I'd rather have Jesus. Yeah. Thank well, you very yeah. much. Everyone would rather have Jesus than Nathan. Jesus greater He's than greater Nathan. Than yeah, greater than Nathan. Yes. Jesus greater. <laughs> nope. Jesus <laughs> he don't know what greater I that pass, is. I didn't, I didn't pass second grade math. I right. are good at math. Here we go. Uh, all right, so Sunday, uh, there was kind of a key quote that you uh, started the sermon with and then kind of yes. dealt with a bunch of stuff leading out of that. Uh, and here's the quote for it. Uh, I'd like to kind of get us to, to start our conversation around that. This is the quote. When you're deeply religious, it's often easy to love your religion or your belief system more than you love the people for whom the religion was given. And when that happens, you wind up hurting people with the religion that was given for people. And then you stand back and wonder why people don't want anything to do with your religion. <laughs> I, let me just say, I stole that quote from Andy Stanley. Okay. I, all right. I heard him say it once, and I was like, oh, that's it's so good. good. It's a do good you quote. remember it wholesale? From yeah, the I, I, along the... I hit pause, and I backed it up. Okay, good. And I, I said, oh, that's good. I'm going to type that out, and then I'm going to use that. And so I did. That's so, good. There you go. But, okay. yeah, I, I found that to be true, and that's why it rang true with me. So. All right. Very cool. So, anyway. I also <laughs> find that to be true. That, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. It, yeah. Why, and, do you, why do you think that is? Uh, because, well, you, you want to go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I think it's because religion matters so much to us. The things that uh, connection with God, 
uh, feel so vitally important and the ways that we go about getting that into us for some of us is a struggle. And when I finally feel like I'm connected to God, I feel like I've figured out the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And anybody that questions anything that isn't in that, it feels like they're attacking my system and maybe I'm wrong. And particularly for Christianity, uh, it, you know, when I fall in love with the way, which we know is Jesus, but typically what people mean is... My way of doing Yeah, I grew up in, we sang these hymns with these instruments mm-hmm. that were done in this order. I, you know... Neither, neither of y'all were preaching in these days back when I, I, a church, the first church I preached in, in Georgia, they had a thing where we would do a couple of songs and then somebody would stand up and give some announcements that were way too long yep. and talk about everybody's broken toe or ants. <laughs> Take prayer questions. Yeah, all all oh, kinds yeah, of stuff. Yes. Then we'd sing another song, sing, stand on the first and last, everybody sing. Mm-hmm. And then we would all stand up. And then we would do, at this particular church, communion, and then offering. And at the end of offering, you had to sing the doxology, which is praise God from whom all. So, and they had to walk forward with that. And uh, being a young guy, uh, I changed all that one week without talking to anybody but the organist and pianist, who were both really nice ladies who liked me as a young guy, yeah. and they were willing to do it. But I now, looking back, I can realize they did try to warn me this might be a problem. <laughs> and uh, the fact that I, did, I had to have a major discussion over people going to hell over the fact that we brought the offering not to the front but to a back room. We didn't, mm. bring, it, we didn't bring it up to the altar, wow. and we never sang the doxology. I mean, I had, I had a long, long board meeting over that. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I think people fall into. And it happens, it happens everywhere. It happens in community Christian that people oh, yeah. fall into. I mean, those of you who don't know, back in the day, we used to do dramas, live dramas. And Ooh. when we stopped doing live dramas on stage, there were literally, I mean, not one or two, but lots of people that left our church over it. Yeah. I mean, we weren't any longer doing what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you wind up doing damage to people, which the whole heart of Christianity is about God and people. Yeah. I mean, if you miss that, you miss the deal. Yeah. I think the, the whole, it's kind of like drawing, painting yourself into a little box, you know. And, but once I get inside of it, and when the, by the box what I mean is my way of doing church or my way of following Jesus or my way of doing Christianity and once I get myself in there and I've got pretty much all my stuff lined up the way I think it ought to go, it feels really safe and mm-hmm. really secure. And, and then it helps me to know who's in and who's out. Mm-hmm. And when it, it helps me. I know if I'm not in that box, I'm off track. And, and anytime anything kind of upsets that, um, it causes all kinds of stuff in me. That, mm-hmm. I've seen, that's what I see. Yeah. Well, and I think out of that, both what you guys said, I think religion by its nature is, is a form for us to have some form of control over our lives and our circumstances. And, if, and you know, we tend to think, at least in America, as religion as certain sets of religions. But if you think of religion just as a worldview, as my way of I'm trying to make sense of the world around me, I'm trying to do this. So often what happens is, like you said, I get a little box. Mm-hmm that I have 
I have I got myself in. But it's not just Christianity that's religion. We do this. We see this. I mean, currently, I think the the cultural religion that we all see it in because it's an election year this year oh, is politics. Politics, politics. politics yeah. has mm-hmm. become a religion. I can make sense of the world based on my red box or my blue box or my whatever green box. I don't know what whatever. the end of, purple yeah, box, box, the independent box, whatever that is. But I have my thing, and then I got my people that fit in my box, and. It, it no longer becomes issues of, well, this is what I think is best for people, and this is what I think is, this is what is right, mm-hmm. and this is moral. And see, even right now, some of you probably listening are like, well, I got to let him know it is moral. <laughs> he needs to know. it is This whole thing, we got to figure this out. And I think that happens on anything is I tend to, because, I mean, I think at the core of what, even with like political things, what we say is this matters to people, and that's why we get emotional. We say there are people that this affects, and there are people that this does. But what happens is we so much fall in love with my red box or my blue box that I, I often, in the, in the meantime, forget what I'm trying to do is come up with what's best for people. Yeah. What is best for Well, and that's for what people. Jesus said in the story that I talked about with the grain, when they were picking the grain. You know, Jesus says to the Pharisees, he said, look, guys, God didn't create people so they could come into the world and, and observe the Sabbath. Yeah. or obse- and, and I think you can substitute any rule Anything. or law there. Yeah, yeah. People were not created to follow the rules. The rules were created to benefit the people. Right. And as soon as the rules stop benefiting the people, then we have to step back and go, okay, is, is this helpful anymore? Are we, you know, what is this doing? And, is, and I'm, am I applying this correctly? Not necessarily is the rule necessarily bad. No. It, no. It, have I misapplied in a way that is now harmful to people? To people. Right. And yeah. it's a sense of, it's the, and so when it comes back to Christianity, I think we have this sense of control. And I know we deal with this a lot, but I think everyone kind of deals with this at different points, which is people almost, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, you almost feel like because I'm doing the religion right yeah. around even Christianity, I got God now under my thumb because I can, I can control him. I got to say the right prayer at the right time. And there's a, there's a comfort, mm-hmm. there's a safety in that kind of religion that takes it out of this relationship. And so then I feel like I have to defend this sense of control by attacking anyone who doesn't agree or isn't living it out in the right way or, you know, what I think the right way is. Yep. And so I, I totally agree with Well, this you know, I, you guys know, uh, y'all know, but we have staff meeting every Tuesday morning. And so currently we're reading, we, we often read things together and learn things together. And we're reading a very uh, spiritual book. They aren't all that way, <laughs> but this one is about our spiritual life. And I said today in the meeting about particular practices and disciplines, mm-hmm. Here I am. I've been at this a long time. I've been a Christian now uh, 40 years, right? Well, right at it, not quite. And um, everything I've been good at in Christianity (laughs) has been things I could control, Hmm. uh, that I could get my willpower on, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could lean my will against it, and things that were softer, disciplines like solitude and things that didn't serve me, I'd figure fasting, <laughs> you know, things that I didn't think. Yeah. I'd just write those off as not of value to me. Mm-hmm. And I've missed a huge part of it because mm-hmm. what I was trying to do is, this is good for me. This is good because it works for it me. Works. It's good for me. Mm-hmm. And if it works for me, it's good for me. And this works for me. And maybe that works for you. And this doesn't work for me. But there, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that just is the way God wants it. And uh, I had made a whole religion out of, I'm able, this is my little view of the way I do Christianity. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. you know, and we all get through that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's what I get out of that, is that mm -hmm. we have a tendency to elevate it above people, but in the end, God wants us to connect with him and, and with people. And if we're doing things to do damage to either one of those relationships. Mm -hmm. And it moves <coughs> us, and, and inevitably our relationship with Jesus will move us towards people. And I think that's mm -hmm. the part of this, that's the second part of it, which is you end up hurting people mm -hmm. that the religion was for. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you and, and then you wonder why no one ever wants to be a part of your religion, mm -hmm. which is... See, this is something that I, I've had to get real clear on the past few years because I don't think I was early in my life, is I, I, I didn't understand from my time in the Scriptures how attractive the good news was when it was first delivered mm -hmm. by Jesus. It was so very attractive, of course, not, not to the religious people, but so very attractive to the world at large. And I think... For most of my life, I practiced a version of Christianity that was the opposite. Mm -hmm. It was very attractive to those inside, but not so attractive to the world that heard it. And when I started understanding, oh, maybe you've got it backwards. If your, if your version of Christianity is not good news for everybody, right. then you may not have good news. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. And that's well, something that I wrestle with these days a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I agree with that. Go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say that whole idea about good news, and I have also been right in that place of uh, figuring out, you know, my whole time growing up, and this is still typically the good news. If I were to ask most people, what's the gospel? It is something along the lines of put your faith in Jesus and you go to heaven when you die. Mm -hmm. But Jesus doesn't say that. Mm -mm. because he, he doesn't walk around saying to people, it says Jesus went everywhere preaching the good news of the kingdom, yeah. but nowhere does he say, so put your faith in me because I died for your sins. Oh, wait a second. He hadn't done, done he that, hadn't done yeah. that yeah. yet. So he was preaching something to them that was good news to them, but it can't be that because it, that, that had not happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the good news was, I'm going to get you out from under this way to religion. My way is easy and light. You're, mm -hmm. My way is easy and light. And so much of my time as being a follower of Christ, even a pastor, has been not easy and light. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's huge. So Jesus comes to, to institute a uh, really tear down this religious worldview we have of uh, there are certain things, and then the point you made on Sunday was particularly the temple. For them, it was the temple that, you know, for most yeah. of us, the temple doesn't, doesn't mean almost anything. Mm -hmm. But for them, that was their particular box, mm -hmm. that they, their, their religious worldview that they, they had put uh, God into. And Jesus comes to say, hey, this way of relating to God, it's done with. With me, and that's the good. That's part of the good news is this kingdom is here, and it's not anything that you've experienced before. So, what? And I know we've talked about this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about that idea of you know Jesus being greater than the temple. Jesus comes to institute this new way of relating to God, and maybe talk a little bit about the good news portion of that, or anything on that. I think the good news that they got somehow. Again, the talk of the kingdom is here and the kingdom is available and they could see visible manifestations of it in Jesus. They got that, as I said a couple of weeks ago, this is my chance. My chance is right now. God is here. God is present. God's offering me a way to be connected to him. We have taken all of that and shifted it to somewhere in the future. Right. And that my real hope is going to be in heaven 
My, this, all of this may be hard. And honestly, when we talk about getting blessed by God, <laughs> so much of what we're talking about is material stuff. Yeah, right. we, we, want, we think if we really, we want God to fulfill our dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's our dream. He never promised any of that stuff. Like, you know, people say, I'm going to take God as promises. And I generally will say to them, if I know them well enough that they won't be mad at me, I'll just go, that's fine as long as you're sure he promised it to you. Yeah. Which promise? Yeah. Yeah. Take him at his promises. Absolutely take him at his promises. Which promise are you yeah. taking him and, at? And is it for sure for you? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's the part. I think when you see Je- when they saw Jesus, and this is the good news, that Jesus comes, and it, that's all part of, uh, you know, certainly in Matthew and Mark, and I'm pretty sure in Luke, whenever they talk about Jesus went from town to town, or he went from village to village, and he, and he preached the good news of the kingdom. It also had these other parts of he would heal the sick, yeah. and he would mm-hmm. do these miracles among them, and it became clear to them, oh, this kingdom that's present, it's in him. Yeah. This yeah. is him, that Jesus is instituting a new humanity. That he's instituting a new way to be human. That all the the wrong things in the world are getting made right. That there's this new creation, and obviously, the and we're gonna be talking about this getting closer to Easter. The the culmination of that in Jesus' life is his death and resurrection. That now even death is defeated, and even all this. But when he's on earth and he's talking, mm-hmm. he's showing. And then even and you talked about this last week. Even in the way he taught, he's going, hey, there's just this whole new way to yeah. be human and to interact in this world, to interact with people. And then obviously with the temple, with these objects that we have, mm-hmm. there's new ways of doing all of these things. And they saw that is all coming to a point in Jesus, that Jesus is the person which God is, has inhabited to become this. You know. And it's interesting you bring up the miracles Jesus did. Um, and it's interesting that Jesus had a purpose for those. Absolutely. They, he, he didn't actually call them miracles. He called them signs. signs. Call signs. These are signs that are intended to point back to me. And, then, and another reason you know that is because there were times when Jesus would come into a place, he wouldn't do any miracles. Right. Because he knew that they were, they were looking to the miracles mm-hmm. as the thing. Is, oh, this is what you've come to bring. You've come to make me well and make me healthy or wealthy. They were on our side of things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And yes. he would go, okay, <laughs> hang on, no. And, and he would back off of that kind of thing. But then when people would ask him, well, what are, what's your identity? Rather than just flat out tell him, like when John the Baptist comes and says, you know, are you the one yeah. we're supposed to look for? He says, well, I'll tell you what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the blind are healed, the, the sick are made well, all this kind of stuff. The good news is preached to the poor. Because that was saying, the kingdom has come in me. Yeah. So it's a sign back to yeah. him. Well, and that's the part of all this stuff of the, the, the temple and the law. And we've talked about this in the sermons the past couple of weeks. Of Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish these. I came to fulfill these things, which fulfill literally means to fill it full. Yep. That I have come to take all of these things that were signs. Yeah, when I take a coupon somewhere and I give it to them and they mm-hmm. give me whatever the coupon was supposed to get me. They did not abolish the they, coupon. <laughs> they have fulfilled the coupon. The yes. coupon is gone. It's done. It's, it's done. done. I don't need that anymore. Well, I don't need I, to I point can, to if it. If I go back to them and go, and, and give me that back. Give me the coupon. I really that's not how this like works. to hold on to the coupon. It's my favorite coupon. Right. And so Jesus <laughs> comes in and, and he's saying all these things are being fulfilled. And that really is, for us, it's the story. And we talked about that last week too. The narrative of the Bible is leading to this moment where all these things that God has been promising in the Old Testament are coming to fulfillment in Jesus. That the blind are going to be made well. And all these things, all these wrongs that have been, have been done in the world, they're getting fixed in mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus is, and we're going to talk about this, I, may, I think maybe Sunday when we talk about our invitation cards for Easter, that 
we're calling it Easter is the solution to everything. Oh, yeah. But that's why. It's because Jesus is the solution to everything. Well, and if you think about the overall story of God, so God starts with Adam and Eve, everything's perfect. I can remember speaking at uh, funerals and saying, you know, when God everything it the way he wanted to, nobody stood by graves. Nobody ever right. had to stand by a grave when God made the world the way he wanted. We often blame God for, well, God took them. You know, when no. God made the world the way he wanted them, Nobody died. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody yeah. just lived. And then we got involved, and the world takes this dip for thousands of years <laughs> into the thing. And God all along is promising, I'm going to fix all this. I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to have it the way it. I want it again. And yeah. the prophets yeah. and all the law are going, here's your coupon. It's going to yeah. come one day. One yeah. day we're going to let you know when you can go redeem this. And Jesus comes and goes, I'm here. Yeah. It's yeah. me. Yeah. Everything that happened in Adam and Eve, and then we see that in the book of Revelation, that the Garden of Eden is restored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It all comes back to the way that it is. And really, that's just a picture of what the kingdom of God is. It's God yeah. restoring everything to the way he wanted when new we live heaven, in that. New heaven, new earth. Yes. There's a mm -hmm. new creation. That, and then that's what's seen in Jesus. And I do think that's why when we see Jesus going around, like you said, these signs that he does, he does go because the world gets turned upside down by sin and evil and these things, you know. And even creation isn't working the way it's supposed to work. And so Jesus goes, and there's typhoons, you know, and storms. And Jesus just gets up and says a word, and the whole thing calms. Because he goes, hey, all this creation that's messed up, I'm fixing that. Yeah, that's and right. sickness and, and all these deformities and these kind of things. Jesus comes in, and he's, he's fixing them. Because he goes, this is part of the problem that I've come to solve. And so I think that comes out of this uh, Jesus being greater than the temple. Is there anything specifically we, we want to say, I mean, uh, about the, the the temple part of it that didn't get said. Well, I thought the best part of that whole thing is that Jesus used the temple specifically, and you made I, I mentioned it in one sentence, but you really went into it. Of Jesus is pointing out that this is all going away, yeah. and he makes a prediction. And a lot of people look at the prediction, he may think he's talking about the second coming, mm -hmm. but he's clearly yeah, talking he's clearly about talking 80 about 70 no. because I mean it's almost blow for blow almost. of what the Romans mm -hmm. did. Yes. He's telling it 40 years beforehand, yeah. and it was to be clear to them, this is what's going to happen, and then it was done. It was done. Well, and you notice right at the end of that chapter, Jesus makes that statement, says, this generation is not going to pass before these things take mm -hmm. place. Okay, and, but I still have a lot of people that will read those passages and go, well, he's talking about something that's yet to come. Well, right? and yeah. in addition to that, and this is a whole other thing, I have so many Christians are so hung up on the nation of Israel as it is now. Yeah. And like, you know, that covenant's done, y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's an everlasting covenant, but it's an everlasting covenant with God's people. And Paul makes clear, that's us. That's us. We got grafted into that. Sure, yeah. And for me, and, and the reason I went into it so so hard on Sundays, because just the fact that it happened in history the way that it did right, as, right after Jesus and the, the sequence of events, for me, it, it just reaffirms my faith is based on events that actually happen yeah. they're not just blind faith in something because you know jesus comes along and this system that existed for generations thousands of years just goes away mm -hmm. how does that happen because what jesus said was true mm -hmm. this is all going to go away i'm greater than temple mm -hmm. that god's leaving the building that was my phrase and and god's no longer going to be in this system any longer he's he's right. moving into something this is a new covenant and then 80, 70, bam, it all goes away, and it just is reaffirming in my, my, the way I see things mm -hmm. that, that Jesus was right. And the point you made about how we can look at that and reaffirm the veracity of the Gospels, because yeah. you're absolutely right. 
no one would have been able to contain and say and say, look. Now there is an indication. One of them, I can't remember which one, that when they're reading, he says, "Let the uh, reader understand." understand. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. one of them is like cloaking it and going, "Hey, when you read this, mm -hmm. uh, let the reader understand that we're talking about what's going on in the yeah. current mm -hmm. events, but we don't want to say it openly because the Romans have a way of killing people that yeah. speak That's openly." True. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that, yeah, and I think that's a, that's a huge part of what we're going to be dealing with going forward in, in, in this series, too, is really kind of covering different ground of what Jesus is doing to set up this new covenant and really kind of getting us closer and closer to, obviously, Jesus' death, uh, which, which is the kind of sealing of that covenant, and then the, the, the resurrection, which is the proof we need, the, 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 show, the sign that this new humanity's come, and yeah. we can live in it right now. Right now. That's right. So um, let's get to, I guess, questions. Let me get, yeah, there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up that I actually told somebody I would talk about on the podcast. Uh, after uh, the message on Sunday, um, sometimes people send me questions and have conversations afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you guys know, because you guys speak, that it is absolutely impossible to say everything yeah, and yeah. get into every issue that we often bring up in messages. And I know I brought up something at the very end. I touched on it. And then I had to move on, uh, and I wasn't able to get into it. And they had a great, great question that I wished I'd had more time to go into. So I want to do it now. Uh, at the end of the message, I uh, remember I quoted that scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where mm -hmm. Paul says, hey, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? You were bought at a price. God lives within you and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, I made the point of God is outside of the temple. He lives within people. Therefore, people are sacred. Therefore, we ought to treat everyone as sacred because, mm -hmm. you know, and, and all of that's still true. But then the question that somebody asked me was, well, okay, does that verse apply to everybody? Because, mm. you know, is everybody indwelled with God's Holy Spirit or is that just reserved for mm. Christians? And, of yeah. course, my answer to them, and I'll say it here, is, is I didn't have time to say this out loud, but that is correct. <laughs> you know, the, the Holy Spirit... God's presence as his spirit living within us is something that we as believers receive at, at the moment of placing our faith and trust in Jesus and becoming one of his. Uh, so, yeah, that, that is true. But <clears throat> we're all image bearers of God. Right. Every single person was made in the image of God. And so my answer to them was, I said, even if that's true, it doesn't change the way that I treat human beings at all because every person I lock eyes with is an image bearer they are either a carrier of God's Holy Spirit currently or they're potentially going to be one day. And so, therefore, I don't, I don't treat anybody any differently. So the, the point still remains the same. I, everyone is sacred. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and, and my my love for people and, my, uh, and the way that I treat the people that I come in contact with has no, it, right. it doesn't change based on what they believe or what, what they're doing at the time or any of that kind of stuff. So I just, I wanted to make that clear. Yep, so. I agree with that. How's it? It's good. That is a good question. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. <coughs> now, we have other questions that yep. people have sent in to us. Uh, on not the, related to the message. Not related to the message on the forum online. And uh, this first one, um, whoever wrote this, I just want to applaud you. This is a great, great question. Very good. Very we good question. applaud you. And the reason I say that is because if you remember, uh, it was like last week or maybe two weeks ago on the podcast, we were talking about whenever you read something in the scriptures and it makes you go, now that doesn't sound like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then your first reaction shouldn't be, well, then it must be true and Jesus was wrong or Jesus, you know, didn't mean that. 
it should make you then reevaluate what you're seeing or hearing and go, maybe there's something I don't understand. That's what this person is doing in this uh, question. So here's the question. They say in Mark chapter 7, uh, verse 27, they say, it's bothersome to me that Jesus refers to Gentiles as being like dogs. Surely I am misunderstanding. Can you help me understand it? And again, you're right. Maybe you are misunderstanding something when Jesus calls somebody a dog. Let me read the passage uh, so that we get the full context so you can see what's going on. <clears throat> it says, uh, this is Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. She, since she was a Gentile born in Syria and Phoenicia, Jesus told her. Now, that's important. Since she was a Gentile born in Syria and Phoenicia, Jesus told her. First, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, Jesus said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed. The demon was gone. All right. <coughs> What you have to understand about this exchange that Jesus has with this lady is, is it's one of those things that it's often lost in translation, <laughs> to be quite honest, cultural translation. In the first century, especially among uh, Jewish people, but in that, in that culture, there was a lot of word sparring and um, back and forth. In fact, many times you'll see that rabbis, when they speak to one another, They'll answer one another in questions mm -hmm. because what they're doing is almost like a, it's almost like a playing with words back and forth mm -hmm. to see, I'm going to give you a clever answer, see if you can come back with another clever mm -hmm. answer. And then there'll be things that you'll say that try to elicit an answer towards somebody else. And it's, it's not, not necessarily joking or making fun of them, but it's almost a playful kind of back and forth exchange. Yeah, it's their way, it was their way of teaching a little bit. They yes. had a little bit of teaching that was yes. going on in that. And it causes the hearer to think and come back with an answer. So what Jesus was doing was he was trying to elicit a response out of this yes. woman and he was referring to the Gentiles as being like dogs eating scraps from the table. And then she, she comes up with a very, it's like he doesn't, he says, come back at me. I don't mm -hmm. want you to give up. I want you to keep coming. It, it, it's kind of that He's trying to gauge her faith, I've always thought. Engage he's her faith and see if she's faith. really invested here or if she's just going to walk away. It, it was certainly not intended to call her a name. It was not intended to make any statement about her as a person. It was to elicit a response. Yeah. And so it was, again, so, so when you see, he see that and say, Jesus must not have called somebody a dog. You're right. He wasn't. He was... Well, and so much of it, I think, has to do, so I think when you read something that doesn't sound like Jesus, there are two things. You may have not understood what Jesus was saying, yeah. but you may also have a, an understanding of Jesus that is not complete enough in that mm -hmm. I find so many people who their view of Jesus is really syrupy and I don't sweet is just the way, mm -hmm. and, and I don't even mean kind. It's mm -hmm. just, I'm always polite, mm -hmm. I'm always, right. I always, I don't engage like other mm -hmm. people engage. 
But you can't read Jesus with his disciples and not see occasionally he's like, oh, my goodness, you guys are just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. You know, my favorite one is where he's talking to them, and they've just gotten done with the encounter with the, uh, he's fed the 5,000, then they've had an encounter with the Pharisees, and he says to the guys as he's getting in a boat, be beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they start saying among themselves, not thinking he reads our hearts going, he's mad because we didn't bring any of the bread. And he goes, it's not about the bread. Yeah. It is not, I'm not talking about you about bread. Yeah. Or where he has a different encounter with the Pharisees and he's pretty critical of them. And then the disciples pull him aside and goes, you know, they're very offended by this. And he's kind of like, yes, uh, they should be. I was, I was trying. Yeah. I, I hope they were. Well, and so yeah. I think that's what's going on well, here is there, yeah. there may be a view of Jesus that says Jesus doesn't engage with people on a level that, you know, dogs is the way. So Jewish people, normal Jewish people did call Gentiles yes. dogs. Well, yes. That is a normal thing that she would be used to hearing from mm -hmm. a rabbi that she stopped oh my goodness that's mm -hmm. and he wants to see is she going to take this as it is or is she does she has she heard i believe this is a different guy this is a different well, guy and he had been going around saying this message is for the entire All world nations. and so he says to her hey look i'm only supposed to deal with the israelites i can't give it to you he wants her to come yes. you said I, I i believe what you yes. said and then and again go to what he says afterwards he says, good answer. That's yeah. the first thing he says to her. He, he applauds yeah, he's her saying, for you her got faith. It right. you, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, and you proved to me that you, you believe this. And I'm not confident it's this passage, but I think right after that, the disciples are shocked, one, that he has much to do with her. You know, that mm. they, uh, they're a little taken mm -hmm. back by, is that the, the same one? Uh, right after that's the deaf man, so I was going to see if and, they have that exchange later on. But. And then there's an exchange he has with a Roman centurion. Yes. The mm -hmm. people that Jesus commends highest for faith, this woman gets yeah. a real high mm -hmm. commendation. Oh, yeah. And then there's a Roman centurion He's who saying, all Jews, anything. including, I mean, mm -hmm. he has a zealot in his 12. Yeah. Zealots are supposed to kill Roman centurions. Yes. That's their job. Mm -hmm. And he says, they're in faith in all of Israel like that guy. I know. Yeah. He's the best faith <laughs> in all of Israel. I should have chosen him. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good tee up for Sunday's message. That's really where we're getting to in the next part of this story is that Jesus is breaking down this religious view because I think it's hard for us to see in our time, but religion for them, especially for the Jews, was also so racial for them. Yeah. It, was a, it was a national identity, so it would be like their American identity, but it was also their racial identity. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they interacted, they did often refer to the Gentiles as dogs. And the one we're going to be looking at Sunday is he's with a Samaritan woman. They frequently referred to the Samaritans as dogs and even worse. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, and I believe in this, is doing what you're saying. If he's saying, hey, I know what religion right now tells you, what, mm -hmm. your, what your box tells you and what their box tells you. I'm not about this, but he's wanting her to take a step towards yeah. him mm -hmm. and say, do you have enough faith to believe this about me, that mm -hmm. what I'm saying I is I think true. he gets the biggest grin on his face oh, when, when she says, even the scraps, and I think he goes, great yes. answer. Yes. What a great answer. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he heals her daughter. So, yeah. I mean, again, yes. look at all the context. Why would he say that if he meant what you thought he meant? And not do all. But like of you what said, this did. is a so, great question. Well, it's a great. This question. is one of those things that often gets kind of thrown at 
specifically the Bible and also just Christianity. I mm-hmm. see it's a racial thing, mm-hmm. and this is this is all this is racist because even Jesus called someone of another race a dog, which we're saying Again. that's not what that's not even and not even that's close. not what he did. Well, yeah. and you guys, and it really is a part of our culture too. In our culture, we are so hypersensitive to names right. and and anything that we are a little critical of each mm-hmm. other. But even not that long ago, when I was growing up. There were nicknames we gave to people and really liked the person, and they're offensive. Yeah, they're mean. I mean, I had a short little friend. We called him Stumpy forever. <laughs> I mean, forever. He's just yeah. a little bitty fella. He was one of my best friends, but he was a short. We called him Stumpy. I've had one Damn. nickname in my life that my grandpa gave me. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't like it. But I know what it is. I'm not telling you. <laughs> he gave it to me forever. For it's the only nickname I've ever had. But it was not endearing. No. <laughs> so uh, okay, there you go. Awesome. But yes, thanks for that question. That was it was great. And great so, do we have time for another one, or do we need I to think, move on? I think we move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna we have another. I have a question. You gotta explain to me the stand on the first and last thing. I did not grow up in a church with a stand. Well, are, is it a chaos where some people are standing up at the first verse, but then the I following mean, verses they sit back down? Here's the cultural equivalent, I think, okay. in contemporary community Christian kind of thing. There are songs at community Christian that we intend for the audience to sit down on, but okay. there are some people so mm-hmm. uh, they have to stand they, <laughs> that the moment names. that the moment the band starts, they're like. Oh. And I'm like, okay, wow. So go. that C chord really gets you. That's yeah. Well, that's the way it was in those churches. Is it was just a cultural thing. It gotcha. didn't have it didn't have anything other than we know everybody don't want to stand all the time, well, but we want to stand a little bit. That's so. what it was. That is what it was. Because in my home church, it was a uh, you know we're gonna be we're gonna sing these verses and then stand on the last. And it was just because nobody wanted to stand for all four. Nobody okay, wanted. I can get stand on the last, but you said stand on first and last. And well, it painted a picture I said of me. it wrong. Okay. I said I want to correct. I was very I wanna... confused by this. But just the one... as a worship leader myself, I thought, make them stand, and on the next verse, sit back down. All I meant was, when he, they might say stand on the first and last, because that meant we're not singing verses two and three. Because ah. there were songs I grew up singing that yeah. had six verses. And we go, first, third, Part of the fourth and the last. <laughs> All those verses of amazing grace nobody Things knows. in the middle. Yeah. We don't like those words. Not going to say. Well, there were some verses and some hymns I remember growing up that I actually went back and read the third verse, which we never <laughs> sang, and I went, Oh yeah, that's awful. Yeah. That's bad some words in there that are just bad. They were getting paid yeah. by the verse, so they just kept cranking out Surely verses. Surely you don't want me. I'm going to bring up the, like, oh, the verse of the uh, uh, national anthem that we don't we're not real proud of. No. <laughs> yeah. No. In fact, that should be my top five. I'll bring the top five worst hymnal lyrics of all time. Or national anthem. Or, or national anthem. Right. <laughs> not doing a national anthem. That might get us in trouble. People might get more mad about the national anthem than the hymn. We would find that Jesus is not greater than the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> you can only say it. But he is. Okay. Yes, he is. So, uh, and uh, so, uh, what's next? Oh, this Sunday, you're up. Yep. So it's basically what I talked about. Yeah, you already it's, mentioned it. So. Yeah, the Samaritan woman at the well, and it's really Jesus breaking down these things that divide us and certainly d- divided their culture and should not be a shock to say our culture's got a lot of our own divisions. We might be divided. Might oh, be just oh there might be an area, just too, that we're a little so, divided. Um, we're going to be talking about that and what that, what that then means for and us. The kingdom of God fixes all that. It and is. It, it is greater than our divisions if we would actually Damn, put yes. the kingdom first, which uh, there's a famous guy that said we ought to seek it first. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really famous exactly. guy. You guys both Man. know him. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. Okay. <laughs>
Now on to the top five, which is led this week yep. by Ed. If you wonder what this post-it note is that I've had in my head, I've been doing time. all the time. But it's, you can't read now. <laughs> it's my writing. so I couldn't read it when he brought uh, it. Our printer wasn't working. I had it typed up, and then I went to write it, which for me is like the worst. Cause, yes. Uh, I decided since we're on a podcast, and you guys know I'm a huge podcast. I listen yeah, to lots too. of yeah, podcasts. Lots we, of podcasts. We all do. So I decided to do... Uh, my top five podcasts, but they're not my top five podcasts. They're my top podcast in five different categories. Okay. Ah. <laughs> okay. okay. I got so, you. I got you. I, I, have, I have bunches of podcasts, yes. but ones that when they have a new episode, I'm pretty excited mm -hmm. just to hear some of it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go, and these are not in order of preference because they are, favorite they in are each the top category. in each category. Right. So if you just okay. get into podcasts, I recommend these as things that I like. All right. That's all What's the first there. category? The first category is true crime. Uh-huh. Which okay. I, I, know you're <laughs> I love I true like, crime. I like true crime. Becky and I, for whatever reason, if we're driving somewhere, we like to listen to a true crime while we're driving because can't nobody catch us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're driving away from whatever the trouble was. It's generally in the past. All right. So there's one called In the Dark. And it's, I don't know that one. It's my all-time favorite. And the first, so it's got two seasons. Mm -hmm. The first season is about, in, it's uh, talking about the original crime where we got this idea that kids are being taken by strangers who don't mm. know them. Oh. You know, the whole thing, every parent's afraid there's some stranger hanging. Mm -hmm. Well, that almost doesn't happen. You yeah, know, that, rarely, it, it rarely, rarely happens yeah. that a stranger is taking your kid. Your kid's mm. probably going to be abused. It's going to be by somebody you know. But this case took place. It changed the law in our country. They talk about the whole case and how it got the way it was. Then they talk to the lady, because that's been, this was the 80s that yeah. this took place. And uh, she talks about she was the one, her son's the one that got taken. She gets the law changed to the registry that we mm -hmm. now have, mm -hmm. and she regrets it to no end. Oh, mm -hmm. she, that's she thinks that there, it has not accomplished the goals that she, that she wanted. Okay. It's gone a whole other political direction. It's <laughs> But it's not even the best season. The second season is about a guy who was in, Missis in Mississippi, tried for a case of murder in a small town that I know of, not far away, didn't know about the murder. And he gets tried by a DA, found guilty, but uh, it's racial profiling. It gets overturned by the Mississippi State Court. He gets retried six times by the same DA over the course of 20 years. He's in, he's in Mississippi Penitentiary, which I just say to you, Mississippi Penitentiary is real penitentiary. Uh, yeah, it's it's, a, a, it's hardcore. I mean, people hardcore. Are, yeah, they've got a big uh, yeah. federal investigation right now because people just, they yes. just wind up dying in, yeah. in the Mississippi Penitentiary. Imagine that. So, uh, and this year, in fact, the U.S. Supreme Court finally overturned and he's been released for the first time. Good. Uh, so anyway, it's an excellent, excellent In, in the Dark. In the Dark. In okay, the dark. thanks for that. My second one, and this is Category. my favorite theology podcast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what this so one is. <laughs> well, do you? I know. Okay. Because you talked about it all the time to <laughs> this me. This is Ask N.T. Wright. Ask N.T. Wright. Great podcast. I, I love N.T. Wright. He's my favorite theologian. Well, he, he and Scott McKnight are right there together, but uh, he has a British Scott accent. Scott McKnight is the, is the American, American version, version of N.T. Wright. Scott, Scott yeah. McKnight is just from here. N.T. Yeah. Wright's from Britain, so he sounds smarter. He's smarter. Like, he's he's all all know N.T. stands for New Testament. His name is Right. It is not. It is. And he is right all the time. Well, I'll say this. Uh, Scott McKnight knows him so well, he calls him Tom. Well, that's ah. good. That's good. <laughs> oh, well. So anyway, ask N.T. Wright, and he does what we're doing. He asks 
he answers questions that people yeah. ask. Okay. It's it, great. It's great. Mm -hmm. He's smart and he's British. Yes. yes. Way <laughs> smarter than us. <laughs> Way so, smarter yeah. than us. Well, and the other guy's also British, so you get to hear two smart <laughs> British guys talking. And if you go back and listen to the original episodes, he also, he's a little older than me, so he's a grown-up hippie. He sings folk songs. Yeah, he plays guitar. And he, plays, he sang a Bob Dylan song. He, he wow. sings folk songs. So British Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So All that's right. theology. What's the next So category? then, this I don't watch the news or any of those things, but I just recently started listening to a um, news e-podcast from a Christian viewpoint. Mm. Uh, it's called The Holy Post. And good name. Yeah. Now, the, I, and this will this will fit my personality. Not all of you. One of the guys that is the guy on it is the guy that invented veg, Veggie Tales. Okay. So Phil Vischer, Phil Vischer is one of the two guys. I didn't know and he was the, still around. Yeah. And the other guy is, and I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Sky Journey. I don't know. You but can't he, say it. He used to be he used to be an editor at Christianity Today. Mm. And uh, so okay. them and then there's a lady that joins them. And they do a whole section of news, and they have a section called News of the Butt, which I think is funny. News <laughs> of the Butt? Yeah. B-U-T? Just listen one okay. time. Okay. <laughs> that, right. That's hilarious. You know, but So, uh, okay. Got it, got <laughs> but it. I'm not as interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now that I understand so, will interview somebody. So that's the news category. That's my, that's the Ish. only news-ish news -ish. kind of yeah. thing I All listen right. to. So that's three. All right. Then my baseball, because as you know, Figured it's, a, a, it's my great love, is a recent one called Hardball. Mm -hmm. And it's done by a guy from local Atlanta. His name is Chris Domino. Chris Domino, yeah. And uh, Chris Domino has gone back and interviewed all living uh, Hall of Famers in he, he's been collecting these interviews over like 20 years and not sharing them. Often they're bad on uh, uh, telephone. Some of the guys are now dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, I love it. Yeah, I love absolutely. hearing that kind of stuff. So okay. then the third one is my history podcast because that's mm -hmm. got the other thing I love, and it's called What Really Happened. Mm. And uh, What's, what, Does it just go through stuff in history? Uh, it tends to go through, he takes stuff, like the first episode is there's a famous episode in the life of Muhammad Ali, where Muhammad Ali apparently is riding by a building in Los Angeles, and there's a guy about to jump off the building, and Muhammad Ali goes up in the elevator and talks the guy down from suicide, Wow! and uh, he goes into what really happened. It has some stuff about Kanye. It has some stuff that's really recent history that many, many people will know about, but you don't know the full story until you hear it. Interesting. Wow. Uh, Britney I'm Spears, remember when Britney Spears went nuts and shaved yeah, her yeah, head? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the episodes. It's interesting. And so I have some that I listen to that are really old history. I didn't bring those mm -hmm. up because I thought no one but me. <laughs> like I have, a, uh, I have a podcast I listen to. Most episodes are like two hours. And it's about everything from the year zero A.D. to 100 A.D. <laughs> but you're, but now when he says I listen to a two-hour podcast, he listens to it on 4X. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if like, you hear me in the office, it sounds like He walks by my office and I'm like, is it chipmunks in his ear? Yeah. It drives so. my wife nuts because we'll be riding in the car and I'll listen to everything at 2X speed. And she's like, yeah. I don't even understand how you understand the words coming out. I like, got it. Got it that's all. The, that's I, the speed at which my brain my is brain going. My brain is going yeah. that speed all the time. In fact... 
There are people I listen to, and even at 2x, they're not fast enough. Yeah. I speed them up to two and a half, three times. I don't believe it. There, because there are people that want to tell you <laughs> something. Now you want to put this on 2x. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. That's right. my top five different kind of podcasts. Well, thanks, Ed. There's stuff I, that's a few of those I don't think I'm going to check out. There you not go. many of them, I'm sure. But not all of them. Not all of them, for sure. And I'm sure they feel the same yeah, way. Absolutely. So. Nobody. Right. Well, cool. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. All we got. That's this all is bound got. to be somebody's top community Christian podcast. It's absolutely <laughs> their number <laughs> of all community Christian all podcasts. Community Christian this podcast. is my number this one. This is my number Maybe one. Maybe we'll yeah. find out about some other great community Christian podcasts. <laughs> we might. There are a lot of community Christian churches around the country. Yeah. And they have bound to be. Some of them are better than yeah, this. You would hope. Bound. <laughs> to you would be. Hope. All right. So until next time, see ya. Bye. Bye.